0: This is the Get Up 8 Podcast with your host, Eric Hodgson. I started learning a lesson around the age of 18 that I've kept learning throughout my entire life, and that was that every new phase of life brings me a new challenge that I'm going to have to deal with, especially when I think I'm golden. In my senior year of high school, my dad gave me three options, go to college, go in the military, or get a full-time job. Now, I didn't want the military option or the full-time job, so I went to college in northern Maine to study computer programming. And by the way, I thought I was going to be programming computer games, but then I found out very quickly that I was going to be programming business systems. But I hung with it anyway, and after almost failing out after my first semester, I was ready to give up. And then dad reminded me of those two other options about the military, the full-time job. And I said, oh, maybe I'll do college again. I was able to turn it around, but with my first big challenge in life, I I finally got my degree. Hey, everybody, this is Eric Hodgson, and welcome back to the Get Up 8 podcast where we unpack the challenges and struggles that come at us in life, and we find unique ways for you to build resilience to not just survive those struggles, but to thrive because of them. And we all know what easy street is, right? I mean, it's the good life. It's where there are no problems, we're taken care of financially or otherwise, we never have to deal with anything tough, and I understand how appealing (laughs) that may be, but it comes at a cost to us. I can't remember the last time a slug ever made it out alive when the salt of life landed on its back. But I think that there's an alternative street, which I call Challenge Way, It's life for 98% of us. It's the difficult things that we deal with that ultimately make us stronger and more resilient. And we are better for that. We can thrive living on Challenge Way. And my guest today is no stranger to not only overcoming personal challenges, but even more recently, living on what could be called literally Challenge Way. She's a mentor, she's a good friend. She's a martial arts expert and someone I strive to be more like every single day, sans the long hair. <laughs> and I'd like to welcome speaking strategist and all-around badass, Kimberly Wilde to the show. Hey, Kimberly, thank you so much for being here today.
1: Hey, Eric. It's great to be here.
0: <laughs> oh, I'm. I'm by so the bl- way,
1: I don't know, You would look. You, would, you might look good with long hair.
0: Yeah, I did have long hair at once when I was 24. And the second I got it to the length that I wanted it, my boss said I had to shave it off, or at least cut it. And then wow. after that, I started to get the patchiness and, and to talk about a challenge. <laughs> I was follically challenged at that point. <laughs> oh
1: my but I'm God.
0: I'm so happy that you're here. And, and the reason being is that I love being around people like you that take on challenges and have also turned something that could have been an excuse to stop into something that became a positive disruptor for your life and the people around you um i'd love for you and i was hoping you could start today and tell us about your earlier years as a softball pitcher and the first real challenge that you encountered in life and i'm just i'm fascinated by your story and i'd love for you to share that if you could
1: Sure. Well, I was in a position of my life where I was on, I don't know if I would call it easy street Mm because I worked my butt off to get there. But basically by the time I hit college, all my dreams came true. And I had always wanted to be a starting softball pitcher for university. And that was from when I was a little girl all the way up. I was a pitcher all the way up. um, And I did earn a full ride scholarship to go to Just about any college I wanted to go to at the time. And I chose the University of Hawaii. Oh, beautiful. Right? I mean, come on, if you can go to any college, why wouldn't you go to Hawaii? So, (laughs) So that was that that was just my dream come true on every single level. I was recruited to be a starting pitcher on the team. There were the world of possibilities were endless for me. And in my first semester there, I was uh, studying for finals with my roommate, and we um, left campus to go have a quick bite to eat. And I ended up getting hit by a masonry truck, which is Mm -hmm. kind of like a cement truck. And I was on one of those little mopeds, you know, Mm -hmm. without a helmet, of course, dumb kids without a helmet. And um, so that it was a really severe, severe accident. So the truck ran a red light. And I don't even remember any any of I don't remember the accident itself or mm-hmm. even being in the hospital many days later. But that accident um, resulted in me losing permanently two of my five senses, wow. my sense of taste and my sense of smell. And so I remember being in the hospital once I woke up, I, I, the things I start to remember about five days after the accident. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember thinking, you know this is horrible i can't believe i've lost these two senses but all i care about is getting back on that mound <laughs> because being a pitcher was who i was it defined me that softball was everything to me and all i could think about and everything was i'm going to get better i'm going to pitch again period that. period mm-hmm. and it was not easy I, the the road back was Worse than anyone could have ever predicted as far as the recovery and and what you have to go through when you're in an accident like that and your body just isn't the same and um
0: were you in, in my mind, were you in yeah. months of like uh physical therapy was there speech therapy was there other for your senses actually was there a challenge around working with your senses as they were after the accident or was it more physical therapy or
1: well, the way the doctor explained it to me is that in your skull, you have these hundreds of thousands of little tiny, tiny, um, nerves. And if the nerves are severed, they're done. They won't grow back. But mm. if the nerves are damaged, they will grow back. Okay. So at first, um, I was hoping, even though the, the head injuries were so severe, everybody thought that they were severed. I was hoping they were just damaged and they would grow back. Mm-hmm. So I was just waiting for my smell to come back, my taste to come back, something to come back, anything to come back. And mm. in that time, I was craving everything. Because if you're used to having taste and smell and then it's gone, you still you kind of have to adjust to that new normal. Right. So, it's, so you still crave that chocolate chip cookie. And you could eat that chocolate chip cookie, but you can't taste it. Mm. So, so you still you you have this craving to try to work through that and so at the time that this happened it was many many years ago now um they said that if it was severed you know you're you're pretty much that that's you're done you're you done you, they won't they won't be growing back so there wasn't any therapy per se that they could do for that gotcha to make it grow back now these days they have some amazing advances in stem cell research and i'm told that they could do some experimental treatments with stem cells. The only challenge is they would have to drill a hole in my skull in order to put those wow. stem cells in. And you know, Eric, I'm good.
0: <laughs> are you good?
1: I'm good. I'm, I'm, I don't think I want a hole drilled in
0: there. What are they going to put a straw in there? I don't understand what they, what they need the hole for. Is that how they, that's how they're going to they, get the stem cells guess, into.
1: Yeah. Into the areas that they need. Oh, to I see. To have the nerves, you know, start to hopefully, mm. hopefully it's not even hundred percent, but hopefully right. regenerate and grow again. Wow. And so now, you know, it's, it's been so many years that I, I'm just, I'm fine. I'm fine. I don't need that surgery.
0: Wow. And
1: so, but it was a huge, huge um, challenge in my life that I was not expecting whatsoever, though that road, that recovery road of just getting, I did have physical therapy for my body to get rid of, you know, all the other stuff and symptoms that, Mm -hmm. you know, and get my strength back. And, um, that, that road back what I want to say is I was guided to just get back on that mount. Right. And what I mean by guided is just, I had this mindset that that's what I was meant to do. That's where I was mm. meant to be. And I was going to do whatever it took mm. to heal and get, get back there. I absolutely I love
0: that. That's so cool. Cause it's just, there's you had every excuse to stop. You had every excuse to just hang up the those cleats and just say, you know what? I'm damaged now. And there's no way that I'm ever going to, get back to, or even exceed what I wanted to do initially. And Mm -hmm. it it was a decision that you made. And I think, yeah, go ahead. Uh, It
1: it was, it was all about mindset. And that for Mm -hmm. me has carried me, that was a huge lesson that I learned that I, I still practice to this day. You can choose your mindset. Right. I believe it is a choice. You can choose it. And I could be the victim. I could be the, oh, everybody feels sorry for me. This horrible right. thing happened. Or I could have the mindset of, no, I'm going to do whatever it takes to get back and and fulfill that dream that I had. And it wasn't easy. It wasn't fun. It wasn't comfortable. Yet the lessons I learned on that path back to the mound yes. are priceless.
0: Yes, Agreed, and that's I I can relate to that. <clears throat> Excuse me with the with the loss of Zoe four years ago, so I had every reason to bow out and 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 not even deal with those challenges. Um, <clears throat> but it, it that wasn't what my mindset was either. It was it was actually a mindset and of mindfulness you know seeing the bigger picture to make sure that uh you know it's not just about me there's other people around that need to be guided through this chasm of darkness and questions and fog and and uh and it's not as it's not as simple as just like for you it's a long road back but you have to take that road you have to do the work in order to reach That mound again. You know, I had to take that road back in order to smile again authentically and not force it. Um, Mm -hmm. And I just love that when it comes to uh, when I say love this, I, I love that when challenges come our way and you meet other people that have also faced extreme challenges in their life, they seem to take on the same process of getting through those challenges. And, you know, for me, when going through the loss of Zoe, I used my MAPS process, which allowed me to manage my mindfulness a little differently. Again, seeing the bigger picture, I, I had to act on a different approach of the way that I was looking at this loss for my family and Zoe's friends. And then I had to act on that different approach. It was a different perspective. And that gave some power to move through. Uh, and then I had to, I had to predict where it was that we were going to come out, and I had to protect that prediction meaning i my all my actions were going to align against that prediction and i knew that there was going to be some obstacles along the way but i had to protect that prediction otherwise it was in jeopardy of me walking away sure and, and then the very last thing was that i had to embrace the suck of that challenge and 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 i can see with even your challenge of of getting back on the mound you had to be mindful. You had to have a different approach at it now because now you were faced with uh, physical therapy and, and all that. Your prediction was that you were going to get be- get back on that mound and you were going to work to make it happen. And it sounds like you did.
1: I did. I did indeed. And that that will be one memory I have until, for the rest of my life is that moment of the coach saying that, yes, you can go, you can pitch today <laughs> and, and stepping out on that mound and that very first pitch and the sound of the ball hitting the catcher's mitt. I, I'll just never forget that.
0: Yeah. That must have been a very powerful moment for you.
1: It, it was. And and it that whole experience drives me to this day. It really has made me who I am even more than... Who I was before the accident, because it just, I just have a different perspective now mm-hmm. about about life, about mindset, about um, just putting in the work, right. and uh, I believe that you can have whatever you want in this world if you mm-hmm. work for it. Whatever you want, you can have it.
0: Can you imagine if you had not decided or had decided to not? work for that again. I mean, it, it, to me, it's almost like, well, I don't know if I could actually put myself in a mindset of of <laughs> of, of even thinking about what it would be like if, if I just bowed away and, you know, just kind of stayed hidden in my house after Zoe died. Um, but for you, you know, is it even possible to think about what it'd been like if you're like, oh, I've got an out now, so I'm just going to stay out?
1: You know, it that just doesn't, it, it, that, those thoughts don't, occur to me. Mm. So th- those thoughts don't enter into my brain. I, I think in anything else that I do, and I, I have challenges all, all the time, you know, in life, the, the challenges come up and right. have come up throughout mm-hmm. my business career and personal life. And, and so I just, it, it's, a. Um, it is a mindset that I just I have. So it's really hard to imagine the opposite.
0: I can imagine that just being um I mean it when you when you have that mindset, no matter what the mindset is, your actions will align up against that mindset. And you can go further down the rabbit hole <laughs> or you can, you know, go further up the, the pitcher's mountain, right? Sure. <laughs> In this case. Sure. sure. And and you've That's actually right. been sorry, go ahead.
1: No, I was just going to agree with you. I mean, that, oh. that's absolutely right, because oftentimes our mindset does not serve us. Mm-hmm. And particularly, um, there's a lot of opportunities in life. And, and especially these days, I see it a lot in working with speakers, getting them ready for the TEDx stages. Right. And there's that that point in time where you doubt yourself. And I don't care who you are, how incredibly successful you are how much you've accomplished in your life. There is that moment in time that I, I see almost a hundred percent of the time getting people ready for that red circle where they will doubt themselves. Right. They, they've worked on their talk, they've polished their talk, but then there's that moment and they'll think, why me? You know, do I have an idea that really matters? Do I have an idea the world needs to hear? Mm. Am I going to be ready? Those questions come up and it's, it's, so you're right it can send you down the rabbit hole in the wrong way very easily if right. your mindset um shifts towards that. So again because it's a choice you have the ability to just flip it. Right. Now, I I do talk sometimes about flipping your focus and it's so true. You can flip your focus it's up to you. So you if you flip it from wherever it is to where it needs to be and and own that. Yes it can pull you out of those places of darkness.
0: Right. Right. And, and, and with practice, of course, um, it's, it's something that it, and I wouldn't know if it takes time for people to learn how to flip their focus. What's your, what's been your experience of that? Because my experience has been that, that, uh, you know, you have to go through lessons in life. You have to go through those challenges. You can't go around them. You can't avoid them. You can't just sit on the bleachers and then make comments about the person who's actually in the arena going through those challenges that it, you know, once you learn and you learn, it, something keeps on coming back around until you do learn it. I mean, the universe is kind of weird that way with it returning you to a, a similar challenge and a different set of faces, if you will, uh, when you haven't learned it. And once you've learned it, now you've got it. Do you think that flipping your focus is similar to that?
1: I think that for me, flipping your focus means the ability to accept a different truth. And mm. so in, in our in our minds, you know, we can say, and I'll go back to that other example, I'm not good enough, I'm not ready. Right. Is that true? Is that mm. really true? For all the people that are going to speak on this particular subject, you know, as as it relates to the people getting ready for the TEDx stage why not you? Why aren't you the perfect person at this perfect moment to give this talk on the day you're planning to give your talk? Because if not you, then who? Someone's going to do it. So it it might as well be you. And there's an opportunity to really step into that strength. And so I I believe that flipping your focus is a choice as well. So you can Mm -hmm. choose to be focused on very negative things and a negative outlook, or you can choose to find something that serves you. Right. Better.
0: Absolutely, I think that's 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 so true. And and you know, when you have a challenge that comes at you in life, um, it's it, you're going to go headstrong into this challenge. Either, like you said, you know, I, you know, either down a rabbit hole, or you're gonna, you're gonna have that, uh, f- a flip of a focus that is going to help you, uh, rise above that, that challenge that you're facing, um, and, but I, there's almost a sense of excitement when you actually do flip that focus and you have like, you know, actually maybe it is because th- this talk is going to be about this is my take on the topic. This is, this is me telling people and teaching people. Something that they may not know about this topic that, based on my experience, and, and who am I to hold that in and not share that with the person or the people that, that might gain some value from that? So I think it's, it's really cool that, that you talk about flipping your focus, and, and, and you, you've actually had to do this recently, Um, I know you live in Southern California and you guys have been dealing with some crazy, crazy ass weather and, and crazy ass just natural stuff. (laughs) And, you know, and I know that, um, that, that especially in the last, you know, three months, uh, you know, it started off with the, 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 the big Thomas fire, right? Is that the right? That's right. I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about your experience with with uh, what you've been working on or dealing with out there, because that's been a super challenge. And I just feel like there has to be a flip of a focus, especially with something like that that affects your 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 environment.
1: Sure, sure, it sure does. And I, I live in Montecito, where you know it was kind of ground zero for all of this happening. And so it, when the fires happened that was the first opportunity. There's a choice to be made. So again, are we the victims Mm -hmm. or are we going to flip our focus and focus on how this can benefit our lives? And it's really hard when you're in it to think that way. Right. What I ended up doing, we were evacuated for about a week, almost a week. And we ended up evacuating to my grandma's house. And my grandma is a going to be 98 next month. Wow. Crazy. She, she's amazing. Um, <laughs> she, she is one of my role models in life. And so we evacuated with our three cats to her house. And so there was an opportunity for me, once again, to be the victim. I can't believe this is happening. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be evacuated. I want to be at, at home. I want to protect our house. I you know. But there I was. So how can I flip my focus? Well, what I realized was there I don't know in my life that I've ever spent almost a week with my grandma and mm-hmm. the, the stories that she told and the time and the games that we played. And we were laughing and, and just reminiscing. And she was telling me about things that she did when she was a, a little girl in New York and then a, a young girl in Hollywood. And just, it was fascinating. And I would have never had that time with her had it not been for the fire now not that i wish my god for fires or anything like that to happen but since it did how can i make the most out of the situation and it was just what you do do i sit around all day and sulk no you know we played games we laughed and and we had the best time so that that would be an example and i think flipping your focus What it is, it's breaking a pattern, usually. right? So you have this pattern, whether it's the negative self-talk that's going on in your brain, or it's the doubt that you have. And so it's a matter of breaking that pattern and introducing something completely new. And one of the best ways I found to do that is by laughing, Mm -hmm. by, by jokes, by humor. And that's why I love improv so much. And I do a lot of training these days in improv, because improv... Whatever you are doing that day, however your day was, you go to improv school. You're gonna laugh your butt off, no matter what, because so cool. things are funny, no matter what happened to you. You, you are gonna laugh.
0: That's, that's incredible, Kimberly. And you know, I, I that reminds me of a post that I put up on uh, Option B's uh, Facebook page, probably about five months ago. Um, it, it it these are positive disruptors, right? That improv for you is a positive disruptor for your day, and maybe even the rest of your week, or maybe it's a it's that shift that you need if you've been in a funk for a while. But um, you know, when people are going through uh, loss and grief and and what have you, um, they're not thinking about their uh, their better days. They're thinking about the things that they're replaying the the bad stuff over and over again in their heads and it's just keeping them stuck and i simply asked a, a question like what was the funniest thing that your loved one ever did or said mm-hmm. and and it, it the the replies were just coming in they were streaming in and and some of people some people kept on saying i i thank you for at least you know, getting me out of my head because I've been in such a low place. And they said, I haven't laughed like that in many, many months. Um, So I can understand how that really makes a difference when you're disrupting that flow of of negativity, so to speak, and and you're now coming forward with something that actually shifts uh, in, in a major way. And I think when we're dealing with challenges in life, it's important to not get stuck in that groove um, and I can go back to the rabbit hole again, you know it's it's easy to kind of get you know railroaded down into that rabbit hole and 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 now you're now you're even more stuck and I think if you have a way to kind of come in and 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 introduce that positive disruption to that mindset it it really makes a big difference in how you deal with your challenges. You might laugh about something that you were taking very seriously beforehand. Sure. Right? Sure. And, and and you were laughing with your grandmother. How cool is that? You know, you heard stories which now are, are something that you can now hold closer to your heart because they're probably stories you've never heard before. And it's just, it's a beautiful thing. I'm so glad you had that time with her. And it's almost like, okay, this is, maybe I would never have had that, had this situation occurred. And, and I don't know if there's many people that would have had the opportunity to take advantage of this type of situation as well um and or they're just stuck in that uh, oh wait i have to i can't go anywhere i have to stay in this hotel 60 miles away from my home and 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 i don't know what's going to happen and i'm i'm just complete just lost in worry and i can see how that can just Ugh, it just i can feel that energy already i'm not even there but i I what I prefer <laughs> is to work towards the energy like you experienced with your grandmother for those few days and uh you know I know you're better for it your husband's better for it there's so many things your grandmother's better for it and and that probably shifted the tides in your mind about getting through this entire situation that you were that you're you're still dealing with to some degree because you, you guys know, are it still did, under
1: yeah, it carries on to this day because as we are recording this, uh, we are under mandatory evacuation right. again. Wow. And this this is now kind of the new normal for this area now. Mm. And so I had a choice to make. You invited me to do this interview today, and I could have said, "Well, no," because you know we, we're under mandatory evacuation, and we have. But what? Why life doesn't need to stop? Right. You know. Um. And the more that I can. Place incredible opportunities in my life, and the more that I can talk to others and help others and and be out there, uh, the better my day will be. And so, I, I don't want to just sit in the corner and wait for the rain to pass. Right. Let Let's get out there and and do something great for the world.
0: Yeah, that's beautiful, Kimberly. I love that, and that's so strong. And 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 I know that you know for for all of us. A challenge that comes to us, they come in many forms. It's sure. never, it's never the same for every for every, for each person. You know, somebody might be dealing with, um, you know, a work issue. They might be dealing with a relationship issue. They might be dealing with a home issue. They might be dealing with, um, you know, a, a, an injury. And and yet, I think no matter what the challenge is, our mindset is what our mindset is. But if it hasn't produced results for you that have been positive in the past, there is a way to uh, map your way through this. There is a way to flip your focus, as Kimberly was saying earlier, and I just love this that that you offer those those options for us. And and um, you know, before I finish up. The talk here, I just there's always one question I love to ask, and because I love everybody's unique perspective on challenges and finding the way through them, and not just for survival purposes, but they found a way to kind of grow from that. And um, you know, for what you're dealing with right now in, in in your hometown, there, what is probably the biggest tip that you can give somebody when they're facing a deep challenge and they really don't have any idea what to do next?
1: I would say reframe it. Mm. So instead of considering it to be a challenge, consider it an adventure. Oh, I like that. And turn it into an adventure. And when you turn something into an adventure, an adventure usually happens in an environment you've never been before. Right. Rarely are ad- adventures in familiar territory. So usually adventures happen, it, you're, you're in a new environment, um, and whatever that environment may be for you. And if you treat it that way, you can actually find the fun in it, find the game in it, f- find the the hidden gifts in it. Right. And that is how you can turn a situation around relatively fast as yes. well.
0: Oh, that's beautiful. I love that, Kimberly. That's so strong. And, and I think that's so helpful. It helps me already. I'm thinking about some things that I'm working through right now. And and uh, uh, there's reframing uh, is an important part of building resilience mm-hmm. and because you're framing your mindset in a way to say, well, this is instead of, instead of saying to yourself, um, this is happening to me, maybe it's happening for you to learn something so that you can go from where you are today to where you want to be tomorrow. And I just think that that's so strong. And I, I want to thank you so much for taking the time today to be with us on the show and, uh, and, and your insights and your strength and, uh, and the way you handle challenge. Uh, I can only hope to be as strong as you someday.
1: <laughs> Eric, thank you so much for inviting me. And you are strong. I, mean, I I admire you for everything you're doing and for all the people you are helping it's an honor to call you my dear friend and no, thank you. Yes. I think the world of you.
0: Uh, thank you so much, Kimberly. We'll talk again soon.
1: Okay. Sounds good.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the get up Eight podcast. I'm Eric Hodgson, and I invite you to visit resilienceleaders.com where you can find free resources to help you start thriving today. Also check out upcoming events in my new book, a Sherpa named Zoe, how to walk through grief and live with intention.